All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. And we are coming to you uh, with another edition of Shabbat Lounge. And uh, Jake, what are we doing here lately with this? We're going through the Torah portions and uh, uh, just hitting the highlights and trying to give you an overview of what there is to encourage you to read through it yourself. And we're on week 32, and we're in Leviticus. Uh, it's kind of a short one, so this is going to be a really long uh, edition. Uh, Leviticus 25 through 26, and it's called? Behar on Mount Sinai. Behar. All right. And no one knew that she found Mount Sinai, and yet, Joy Behar. Oh, Joy Behar. <laughs> Yes. This is not an episode of The View. No. Okay. Uh, yes, <laughs> thankfully, no uh, Goldberg here. So, but on week thirty-two, we're gonna kind of. But there are some Jews. Yes. So there's that. So when you dive into this passage, it's talking uh, for one thing about land being returned, and but there's this idea of land purchase. So Jake, what why do we say there's a prorated land deal? Why, why did they have to do that in relation to the seventh year rest? Well, because, Matt, you see, there was this uh, part of the Torah commands are that the land is supposed to go back to the original owners. When they go into the land, they have plots set out for the different tribes. And uh, if you're to buy some land from, from one of your brethren, cross tribesmen, then you would have to. I didn't mean for it to sound like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Another tribe. Then if I did it in like year one, I'm going to pay you a lot of money because I have six whole years with that land. Whereas if I buy it in the sixth year, perhaps you should sell it to me for much cheaper because I'm only going to have it this year. That's right. And may- maybe I should even try to talk you out of it and go, are you sure you want to buy this for me right now? Right. It'd be much better if you waited two years and then you'd give me a lot more money. Right. So, But maybe someone yeah. needs uh, some extra land maybe. to run, run mm-hmm. some chickens, yeah. and that's only going to last a few months. Yeah. So. yeah. There had to be all kinds of reasons. So, But the land was supposed to rest in the seventh year, and then it even tells you that the sixth year you're going to have a bumper crop n- enough to sustain you until year nine. And I think that is the hard thing with this concept of, you know, it's similar to the Sabbath where you're having to rely on him for your provision, but for a whole year is a whole nother thing. Yeah. And he uh, told them they'd be taken care of. Uh, it'd be abundantly clear that they're taken care of. They're going to have a bumper crop. And we know through history, Jake, did they do this, any of this very well? I don't know. They did it once. Yeah. I don't think they've completed one cycle of this. Yeah, yeah. But Matt, back to that point about the bumper crop situation. So basically, it's very easy, and they have it made because they're going to have this bumper crop in year six, right? Mm-hmm. So you've you've gardened once or twice, right? Mm-hmm. So how easy is it to make even a good harvest in your garden last a whole year? Uh, that's very difficult. There's a lot of so. preparation. A lot of work goes mm-hmm. into that. Huh? Mm-hmm. So. And, uh, you know, and because they've never done this and they didn't do it very well, you can make an argument that that our timeline is skewed and we don't we don't have a good idea of when they called the Shemitah year when when that really is. 
because right. it kind of got lost to history. And so people have different opinions. Some people say it was this year, this last year. You, you know, I've heard all kinds of things. And I think you kind of have to just make get peace with and and pick one. If you have if you have a property yourself, I think you should do this. And um, you know, I'm not going to tell anyone how they need to do it. I, I think if you wanted to do it kind of like scientifically, you would grow crops for seven, eight years, and you would have a year in there that should be a bumper crop and a really big crop. And that would kind of help you find out what year six was. And I really like that idea. Um, and I also like the idea of uh, going based on when you come into your land. Yeah. Right. I think there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. And that I think seems to line up with scripture. I think uh, a lot of people have researched this and a lot of people have talked on this mm-hmm. and none of them agree what the year should be. No. And it, so to me, I mean, you kind of have to go with, I mean, this was a command for when you go into the land. Mm-hmm. So. And I mean, we're not I, in the land. Right. So but, but again, this is practice. Right. But wouldn't it be interesting if we all did this, those of us that homestead and you, um, and when we collectively started keeping records of how our crops did, and, uh, you know, and then start comparing them and we might all go, wow, this year was huge. And we're all saying the same thing across the board, no matter where you lived. It might be interesting to see, yeah. but, you know, it might, might reveal that for us. Sure. So, exactly. Very interesting. But, and this is another thing that I can remember farming with my grandfather and I asked him, I, I believe it or not, I read Leviticus with my grandmother when I was a child. And I came across the scripture and I was like, why don't we do that? And my grandfather was like, you know, Matt, I, I don't really know why we don't do it, but we don't. Yeah. So, and he didn't have any good answers. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think too, this also ties into like crop rotation. Yeah. And the way that Just, all the minerals in our soil have been so degraded mm-hmm. because we don't do this. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of that ties in. Well, you know, soil is a living organism, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. It's a very complex structure, and it involves air and water and microbes and other living organisms, and they all depend on each other, and they all need a rest. They all need a break. Yeah, I I was uh, watching a football game once, and I heard this screaming, and I'm thinking, the fans, right? No, it was the ground. From all the cleats stabbing it. Yes. This living yes. organism. Yes. There's just yes. screaming. No. Yes. That's a made up story <laughs> in jest. I think it is. <laughs> so now we've got this one. We're talking about freedom. So we've got <laughs> Jubilee, uh, Liberty to the Captives. So what's the Jubilee? So every 50 years, uh, you had the Jubilee year. And, uh, and so during this Jubilee year, um, everything, it was even bigger than the seven year one. It was like the really big deal. And they, they would, they, they often would measure time, uh, with Jubilee number of Jubilees, mm-hmm. right. And say, I've, I've, I've been around one Jubilee or two, I've seen two, um, but um, it was supposed to set all the, the slave people, you know, they they weren't really slaves, but what were they, indentured servants. Yeah. Uh, they were supposed to be able to go back free 
and um, you know the original land was supposed to be restored to the original families. Right. Which did they do that? No. 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 Yeah. So uh, Jubilees also ties into Feast of Weeks because you have the seven sevens, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. This, this fifty days past. So they go seven sevens, and then the next year. Uh, and then this would be announced like at trumpets, right? Mm-hmm. They would, Jubilee's coming, everyone get ready for the Jubilee, you know, around the time of trumpets. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Feast of trumpets. And it was a big deal. And it's a beautiful picture. And, you know, how how different would our society be if we would keep these things? I mean, you, you it, it kind of equals everybody out and gives everybody a, a level playing field. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, I think you, you, too, you, you'd have to, when I was looking at this this time around, it's like you need, it's, it's like uh, the Constitution, right? Mm-hmm. And the founding of America, right? And uh, they said, uh, we've given you a republic if you can keep it. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. a society built for a moral and just people. Yeah. And it will fall apart without that. I think same thing here mm-hmm. without, with the Jubilee and the Shemitah. If you don't have a moral and just people running these things, it's a it you could get yeah. real into the into a mess yeah. with uh, you know corruption mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, yeah, and the rich getting richer and the poor getting poor. Yep. And unfortunately, just to uh, some regards, that happened to them. Yeah. So the land returning to its owner. Owner. So if this was done correctly. All of the tribes would get their land back, no matter what their status was. And uh, the original land grant that we've read about, where it, it talks about each tribe and what portion of the land they would get. Debts are forgiven. So um, the Shemitah year even has debt forgiving in it. and um, but, um, but, th- but that's a huge concept for sure that the the debts are being paid for and don't you think that's a spiritual connotation as well oh sure yeah, yeah. it's a forgiveness of course mm-hmm. um yeah and this here uh specifically is one of the things that you could see getting uh getting abused mm-hmm. like oh my debt will be forgiven so i'll just run up massive debts mm-hmm. and then who cares i'm not gonna have to pay it back mm-hmm. that's like that's evil Mm-hmm. So don't do that. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, the government will pay for my school debts yeah. now. Yeah. So that's not how it's supposed to work. Joe Biden got it. <laughs> he did that. Yes. So debts are forgiven. Um, and then we've got uh, this concept of redeeming your brothers, the kinsmen redeeming. Um, so what do you think that means about redeeming your brothers? I think that's just kind of a... Uh, a like if your brother and it says in this portion you know it talks about if your brother is downtrodden help him out yeah if they're in a bind if they're in a bad way don't ignore them you know you you should go intervene and help right and even even points to not just your brother but the stranger yeah yeah and when it says stranger in those passages i don't believe it's talking about someone who was completely pagan and foreign to you, this stranger is probably someone that's abiding in your your household or 
your neighbor's household and they're doing the things you're doing. Right. It's uh they're just not flesh and blood. Yeah, it's not just strangers, it's this the strangers sojourning with you. Yeah. So and they weren't supposed to charge interest. Who weren't they supposed to charge interest to? Y'all brothers. That's right. And so there the suit through history, some weird things developed and so, you know, the the Jewish people were often got into banking and because they would loan to people who weren't their brothers and then they could be like, yeah, we're going to charge you interest. Right. Because technically uh, they weren't supposed to charge their brother and so it didn't matter. Right. But that sometimes probably got abused, but, um, but and they weren't supposed to, and then he, he comes again about no idols keeping the Sabbath. He says that a lot. Remember it and keep it. And then Isaiah 61, 1 through 12. Will you read that for us? 1 through 2? 1 through 2, yes. Not gotcha. Two. Okay. Uh, Yahweh will anoint his servant with his spirit. The Ruach of Adonai Yahweh is with me because Yahweh has anointed me to deliver good news to humble people. He has sent me to heal those who are brokenhearted to announce that captives will be set free and prisoners will be released. He has sent me to announce the year of Yahweh's goodwill and the day of our Elohim's vengeance to comfort all those who grieve. It's definitely a beautiful picture. And in these, the Shemitah year and the Jubilee represent this concept of he's setting people free and, um, and it's, it's all because of him. And he's delivering this to this good news to who? humble people mm-hmm. because if you're prideful and yeah. uh, this goes downhill real quick mm-hmm. and well if you're prideful you're going to have a hard time doing all of this you're not going to want to set people free you're not going to want to tell them they don't owe you any money anymore those are a hard are very hard things and i think that's why they didn't keep these things very well because you know let's face it people are kind of greedy people are greedy yeah and so not much has changed it's still around today. And then Isaiah 58, 6. This is the kind of fasting I have chosen. Loosen the chains of wickedness. Untie the straps of the yoke. Let the oppressed go free and break every yoke. Break every yoke. And then, um, wasn't there a concept of, it was, it, was it one of the prophets, was it Elijah or Elisha? Maybe it's, Eli, it's Elisha that when he gets called to go with Elijah, he like breaks the yoke and burns it. Yes. He's is, uh, got the 12 oxen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which also has to be a significant number. Um, but yeah, that's a that's an interesting side study, and I believe the concept's connected. Yeah. And just let's be honest here. Mm-hmm. Why do you go Elijah and Elisha living at the same time? It's confusing. Does that confuse things or make it easier? <laughs> it's confusing. Yes. My whole life. Jeroboam, Rehoboam. Mm-hmm. Which one's the good one? Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same kind of thing. <laughs> you know. And then Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Uh, Come to me, all who are tired from carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Place my yoke over your shoulders and learn from me because I am gentle and humble. Then you will find rest for yourselves because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So all connected scripture. All right. connected. So something about... Uh, this is Yeshua talking, mm-hmm. and he says, wear his yoke on your shoulders. And so he does have a yoke, but it's light. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's light. Light and fluffy. Right. Fluffy. I think that's what he meant. Fluffy. <laughs> mm -hmm. That kind of light. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're at the end of week 32 here in Leviticus 25 through 26.2. Anything else we left out you wanted to bring up? Uh, no. Kind of a short chapter. Well, I mean, chapter 25 is kind of long, but short portion in the scheme of things. So this is Behar on Mount Sinai. All right. Well, we appreciate you stopping by and taking some time with us, and we encourage you to continue to search the scriptures and uh, seek this out on your own. Don't take our word for it, huh? Right. Give us uh, some likes and some comments. Let us know what you think about the content that is being provided. And uh, yeah, this is just us kind of doing our studies and putting it out there for pos posterity. That's right. And... Um... Well, we appreciate you stopping by, and uh, this concludes this. And uh, this is Matt and Jake signing out.